we managed to get to episode 10 of the podcast. Laura and I are literally just, what? When did that happen? How did that happen? But either way, we are so beyond grateful for the love that we've been getting about the podcast, the interaction, the questions, the emails, the photos, the Instagram messages, the Facebook love. It's just been so mind-blowingly amazing for us. And we are just grateful that someone loves listening to us as much as we love listening to ourselves or each other actually. But anyway, Spirit Speaks is back this week for another little chat. Uh, I apologize and I thank you for giving me my sick pass for the last two weeks, spirit through a sickie. Um, Really, it was just me. I had a terrible voice that I would not have let you listen to. And it was just really hard for me to, um, find the energy as well. And I need to sometimes just retreat and honor that. And, uh, that's what I advise my clients to do. It's what I advise everybody to do. So I've got to do it for myself, right? So this week's spirit speaks is a question that I posed to spirit today, just asking, um, so, If we were to go into another form of lockdown or experience some kind of imposed isolation of sorts or restrictions and so be it when it comes to this pandemic we are experiencing, what is that going to mean for me? Now, Spirit gave me my answers and I want you to once again apply them to you and see how they fit for you. So Spirit said to me, Sometimes we just need to give you more opportunity to get used to the tools and the techniques, practice more of the tools and the techniques, reach for them, be reminded of them, become really good friends with them, get solid with them, you know, so that it becomes who you are, not just something that you reach for when you're in fear. So, if the potential of some form of of restriction or isolation is looming for you, if that fear is there, I want you to think about um, the tools and the techniques that you've got in your toolkit that you can bring to the forefront. So what have you already got there? What's in your arsenal that you can already use? So for me, I know that mine is getting up early in the morning before everybody else is, except for Matt, because it is like literally impossible to wake up before Matt. Like I don't, I do not know how he does it, but getting up and doing some form of priming. So I do the Tony Robbins priming, uh, but priming, meditation, whether you go to the gym, whatever you do in the morning. And if we can't go to the gym, then going for a walk, whatever your form of morning uh, grounding is and connected back to yourself, just making sure that you start that off in the day, because what that's going to do is raise your vibration first thing in the morning. So the other things that I have to reach on are making sure that I'm cleansing and grounding and protecting my energy, which I do every day, but you might not. So just have a think about 
whose energy you're around, whose fear you might be adopting or holding on to, or um, even suppressing other people's fear because of your own fear. I know that sometimes it can be quite easy to, especially with kids, to just say, oh, don't be afraid. There's nothing to be afraid of. When really there is something to be afraid of for these little kids and these little people, they don't really understand it. There's so much more fear. So knowing that if you can be aware of where fear sort of presents itself in your day-to-day life and how it presents itself, and then try and help yourself with maybe what you've got in your toolkit. So box breathing, you know, uh, square breathing or, uh, any kind of diaphragmatic breath work and any kind of breath work really, when that that's going to tell our brain, it's going to give our brain a signal to calm its farm and relax and, then it's going to promote non-fearful ways of thinking and feeling and non-fearful action. So it's really just a matter of take some time uh, when you've listened to this podcast, take some time throughout your day to be able to sit down and write down some of the things that you know already what to do when it comes to fear. And so this time when the universe gives you an opportunity to experience fear, whatever that's around, whether it's around finances, health, uh, contact with relatives and family, no matter what it's around, just really have a look at what you already have inside of you that you can use right now. What can you promote? What can you bring up for yourself? What can you do to show up for yourself right now, rather than fall prey to what you might not have? And if what you don't have is really obvious, then maybe this is the universe's opportunity for you to go and get it, to go and learn how to prime in the morning, to meditate, to ground, cleanse and protect, you know, to, to look at your nutrition, to look at your vibration, to look at the, the conversations that you're having, the things that you're watching on TV, the things that you're listening to, not including this podcast, because this podcast is awesome, but just having a look at what it is that's affecting your vibration and knowing that when there are high chances of fear that we just don't compromise our energy and we've got to be responsible for that. So in a nutshell, Spirit Speaks this week is saying we are just wanting to give you another opportunity to use your tools and techniques and get really fucking good at it and practice what you preach and learn the new skills and the techniques and the tools and start showing up with them and make them part of your everyday life, not just when we are in a global pandemic, but make it so that this is who you are. Allow it to be ingrained in you. Share it out. Have a ripple effect with your partner, with your family, with your kids, with your work colleagues, whatever. This is just another opportunity for the universe to give you to dig deep and find and go deeper, not wider. So I hope that helps. And without further ado, I give you episode 10. Here we are, people. Mm -hmm. Hi. Hi. It's episode 10. Can Can you you believe believe it? it? (laughs) I'm doing it again. (laughs) This episode, Tracy... I, um, I'd love to talk about crossing over because I asked you a brief question on the last episode. How long would it take to talk about? You said a whole episode. So I took that quite literally. I found it fascinating. And it moved up to the top of the list of what we're going to talk about next. It did. Mm -hmm. It literally is on the top of my list. So, um, but also listeners have really expressed interest at finding out what, what happens when we die and 
all of that sort of stuff. So it is sort of, you know, answering their questions and their interests as well. Mm-hmm. So it kind of works for all of us yeah. people that have no idea, but you do. So it'd be lovely. What do you reckon? Yeah. And I find a lot of the time when people come and speak to me for a mediumship session that that question is there and yeah. sometimes they're too afraid to ask it as well. Um, but there's a lot of assumptions that are made around what happens when we die. Um, we get them from movies. We do. And <laughs> we also get them from our own fears of what we're afraid of, of what dying means. Um. So what happens when we die? So we go through a transition back into a spiritual being, essentially. That's the gist of it. But when we die, our first 24 to 48 hours usually is um, kind of like a limbo is a really great way to describe it. And for me doing what I do as a medium, it's a really great time to have access to a spirit, except it you just very rarely get the opportunity to do it because... It's so straight yeah. away. Is that the crossing? Is that when crossing over starts? Yes. Okay. Crossing over can start much earlier, especially if you're someone with dementia or Alzheimer's um, or in a coma or in some sort of induced unconsciousness. Um, so the first part of the transition after that limbo period is... Um, there's three phases. There's the detachment from the physical being, the physical body being. Then there's attachment from the emotional part of life, of human. And then there's the detachment from the mental part. So where we get to the point of realising that we're not having a human experience anymore and that we're a spiritual being. So the consciousness of the human experience. Yeah. Sure. So we, we're not Laura and Tracy anymore. We're back into our soul spiritual form. Nice. But. To go back to the yes. moment in time of when we die, that that yep. that transition, yes, the Let's crossing over that. part, yes, we're here for that. <clears throat> so, a lot of the time, if someone's crossing over, say it's someone who is dying of old age, or they're at a latest age of their life, and they've been around a long time, and they've got a lot of relatives who have already passed on. Um, a lot of the time when we're crossing over, and we. Our our spirit is leaving our body slowly, slowly, as opposed to suddenly. Yeah, yep. We are well. It can happen suddenly too. Oh, okay. But we're going to talk about the slowly thing first. Yes, we'll do suddenly later on. Yes, please. Just remind me. I will. So when there is that slow passing over, um, or transitioning, the loved ones who have passed over before us will meet us, and they will be how I see them in spiritual form, Mm -hmm. they'll be available for you to see in spiritual form. So it's that part that I've described previously where you've got your soul, you've got your higher self and you've got your human experience. The part that you're going to see is them living in their higher self, which is where I access them. But how we would recognise them, so how we knew them. Which is how I see them. Sure. So that's how I know who they are for you. It's how I can get the visual of what they look like. Yeah, you describe what they're like and someone will say, that's my grandpa. Yeah. So in that moment in time, you're going to know what it's like to be a medium because that's what's happening. Yep. So it's your spirits recognising each other and the way that you recognise them is in a loving, unconditional, inviting sort of energy that is you're compelled to to move towards it and it feels safe to do so and it's not scary 
it's it's comforting, it's nurturing, it's warm, it's it feels safe, and that's enough for someone to l- not think so much about what they're leaving behind, but to go to the light because the light feels good. The light it's like a moth to a flame. Yeah, we naturally go to what feels good. Yeah. So when when you're seeing your loved one slip away, most of the time that's what's happening behind their facade behind their face in their mind what is happening is they're seeing their loved ones in spirit and they're wanting to go towards them right that's beautiful it is beautiful but like you mentioned earlier before we started recording you were talking about so what happens with little kids yes so a lot of the time sometimes yeah so a lot of the time with little kids as you could imagine first of all maybe their parents aren't even in spirit yet or their grandparents aren't even in spirit yet. And so most of the people who are in spirit, they wouldn't recognize because they would never have seen them before or maybe potentially spent time in their energy to recognize their energy before. So when they cross over, whilst there might be ancestors there waiting for them, they don't recognize them. So it's not, it's scary. It's, mm. it's not as friendly for them. Mm-hmm. So quite often we have a lot of um, childlike spirits that have trouble crossing over um, and that that's why because they, mm-hmm. they, they don't have that family on the other side that is, is the light for them. Because we had that, I think it was our first ghost story in Tasmania and there was the child, the girl sitting on the couch and she was frustrated because no one was helping her and she was knocking mm-hmm. over photo frames and that sort of thing. Yep. Could that be why she she's stuck? Absolutely. Um, and it's why when I've had a, a, an experience where I went to the hospital with Luca and brought back a child. Yes, you that too. Yeah. Yep. Um, so children having, being me and doing what I do for children to help them cross over is very different to what it's like to an adult who's choosing not to cross over or having trouble crossing over. Um, so it's a choice as well. Some people choose <coughs> not to. Some people they're sort of like we, we have a D-day, like we have a day where we're going to die. We have a we have time when our, our human experience is up and yeah. that's written before we come down and have our human experience. But we've, there's, there's a point to it where we can sort of cheat it to sort of a, a sort of a bit of a buffer. So if you have, um, if you have someone who, sorry. It's okay. For listeners, our friend Tracy has had a cold this week and she's an absolute trooper because she's here recording a podcast, cold and all, not COVID. (laughs) Definitely not COVID. COVID, Just trying to not sound disgustingly awful on a microphone. So that could be the sniffles. It could be the clearing the throat, but we've got her. We're not going to let it go. Um, so that was it. Just the cold bit there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So when um, now I've lost my train of thought. They can cheat death. Yes. Yeah, so that they can they can have spirit come down and people that have crossed over already come down and invite them to come, 
but the person might be so earthly connected that they just can't they can't bear to leave so we hear we hear a lot about this as a medium um earthly connected as in as how? in like their, their, to their family yeah to their family to their purpose um to the time like they're just convinced that it's not their time it's like they're sticking contracts. their yeah it's like they're sticking their heels in it's like i don't want to go blimey usually these people have some level of awareness of spirit as well talk about resistance much mm. And because they know that this is the end, they don't want it to be the end and they try and resist it. And it's an energetic thing. So it's a, as with everything, it's a big topic, but you can only cheat that sort of, that you can only use that resistance for a certain period of time. If your time's up, your time's up and you're going to go. But in that resistance time is usually when I will get a knock on my door at night time just saying, hey, someone needs help. Oh, wow. And it's really a matter of, for me, all I do is sign my energy over to spirit or well, to the universe. Who's and doing the knocking? The person stuck or someone speaking for them? Someone speaking for spirit. Okay. As someone oh, who okay. has already died who's come to take them and they're not coming. Oh, they've come to take you away. Yeah. In a lovely way. Yeah. Not scary. Yeah. <laughs> come to just kick your butt into the light just just get moving just get yeah. moving you want to go that way okay um so there's that but then there's also people who have near-death experiences and mm, die and come sure. back yeah and that is a topic that obviously like if I knew the answer to to that I would not be sitting here with you I might be but well, I, I probably wouldn't <laughs> that's um, you being mean to me again <laughs> <laughs> well I don't know I, I think I'd probably be locked up Probably at the funny farm. Yeah, probably. Yeah. That's what I was thinking more. I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you. I'd, um, I'd break you out. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a cool movie. Anyway. Um, Let's not make that. No. Um, so when we uh, have a near-death experience, um, what we're greeted with on the other side or what we're met with on the other side is the opposite. It's not an inviting energy to come forward. It's usually our guides or our loved ones in spirit telling us that it's not our time to choose to go. So near-death experience is usually of the will. Wow, okay. So a part of the person who is dying is choosing to just give in and surrender, mm-hmm. but it's, it's too early. It's not yeah. your time. You've got to or, come back. Are they ever given a choice? I've read or heard of that too. Like you can come with us or you can stay and then that person consciously chooses to, no, yep. I'm not done. That's another part of it too. And then they wake up and, mm-hmm. yeah. It's another part of it and it happens wow. quite a lot. Yeah. And then those people usually their life is changed dramatically. They're usually very gifted if they let it be. Okay. They, yes. They can be very those, psychic. A lot of those stories I've heard are on Spirit Sisters, I think, and the Ghost Files by Karina Machado. Mm. She's cool. like they have no ability that they're aware of, and then they have this yes. death experience where they cheat death or a near death experience, and all of a sudden they open up to all of this paranormal and spiritual stuff. That so cool. Yeah, and a lot of psychic mediums that are out there will they'll say I had nothing, and then one day my my son died or my mother died, and this have this weird thing happened. Happened and since then I've been able to see ghosts. So it takes like a massive shock maybe or what um, is that? It's like a definite an energy shift. Yeah, it's an energy shift. I don't yeah. think it's a shock though. No. I think it, well, I suppose a shock would be, is, it, is an okay word. word. Yeah. Um, not your word. Not my word. 
Yeah, okay. I feel. Um, yeah, I feel, I feel that, um, it's more of a, a veil dropping. Mm-hmm, okay. It's like a, it's like part of your consciousness just opens up. But an event happens that sort of. That causes that. I suppose so. Yeah. Yeah. Which is the shock that you're, that you're. Alluding to perhaps yep. in yep. my clunky way. Uh-huh. Um, so right before I interrupted you about all of that that we went down, you were talking about children and how they might lose their way um, but how they might not because there's lots of babies and stuff. I can't imagine that they would get stuck. Do they just, you know, being a, a little baby, they get cradled away in a loving way or they is do. that how it happens? Well, I've never actually seen a baby pass. Like I've never seen a baby crossover. Yep. Um, but what I do know is that when I connect to baby spirits, mm. that it is an ancestor that presents the baby to me. So they literally come and grab it essentially or? No. So what I see is um, it happens two ways for me. One is I will be talking to, just as an example, say you'd lost a baby. I would be talking to your grandfather in spirit or your grandmother in spirit and I would talk to them and there would be, (laughs) there would be no kind of awareness of the fact that you'd lost a baby or a baby spirit. And then at their time, it's never my time because I never assume or ask. It just happens. Like I never prompted. It just happens when it happens. I don't know. So you don't push, you let them speak. Yeah. And I don't know, like I've never really thought to push it. Like mm. it's just never been a thing that I've had to do. I guess you trust that they're going to tell you what is yeah, important. Yeah, they just always have. You're not pushing them for the information. Yeah, they yeah. just always have and that's that's how I've always worked. I don't know. But they will hold out their arm. It's like a wing comes out okay. and then I see one baby, two babies, babies, children, little children, even anyone that's parents are earthside still. Right. And it's like they are the, the, the surrogate carer the for that guardian. spirit. What, yeah, their guardian while their birth parents are earthside still. Sure. Yep. And so like if I was talking to your grandma and your granddad in spirit and when they'd finished talking, one of them put their arm out, I would then know, did you lose a child? Did you lose a baby? Because they've got a baby or they've got like a three to four year old or they've got like a teenager or whatever. They've got them. Oh, and um, so there's that way. Um, and then other times as well, I will just have a random child, which happens quite a lot, a random child that comes. And most of the time, though, that random child has nothing to do with the client. It's just there because my light's on and that person's probably quite maternal and their light's probably on as well. So they've crossed over. but They've like crossed over, <laughs> yeah, but okay. now they've got they've, they've come through. It's just like, oh, there's a light on. I might drop down in there, but they've come with no pretext. Like I don't, I have no context or anything about why they're here or who they are because there's no adults that can fill me in. Yeah, and if, if they're younger, they lack that understanding to be able to explain that to you. True. Sure. Okay. Yeah, and so it can be a little bit of a battle, but usually the person um, that, and because I, I'm a mom, like I, I 
you know, lend, tend to um, lend towards wanting to help the kids if they come through. So I will always introduce them and hope that they do belong. But if they don't, then I put them aside, deal with the client. And then when the client's gone, if that energy is still there, then I'll have a quick chat to them and just see what they're doing and why. And if they've got their mum and their dad over there or someone that they can go to and I'll reunite them and off they go. Sure. But they could have been gone for 20, 30, 40, 100 years. Like uh, usually their period dress or the whatever they've got with them or what they're giving me will tell me how long they've gone and yeah. their name and things like that. So do they have emotion over there? Like would they feel confused, sad, alone? Yes. And Only when they're connecting to me. Okay. So only when they're in human energy. But they're connecting to you because they want help. Because my light's on. Yeah. They don't always want help. They're just there. Sometimes they don't even know why they're there. They're just, just there. Because they can. So what do you do? How do you provide them comfort? I mean, um, you did just say that you call their parents forth if they're not there. Yeah. What um, else can you do? I just ask them what they want from me uh-huh. uh, and usually I'll just wait to feel. And sometimes it's just um, acknowledgement and that's all they want. Sometimes they literally belong to the person in the office next to me or the people in the house next door and they're just here because my light's on. Remember how we were talking about um, the grumpy man? Yeah. It's like that. It's like just because Ben's light was on, the spirit will come. Like they, they, they don't like they don't always know why they're there. It's just that someone's light's on and they can be seen. Okay. And they just happen to be there. So they say hi. They do. Sometimes. Sometimes they just stand there. <laughs> well, well, I'm here. You've called me, and you're like, no, yeah. I didn't. Yeah, they just stand there. It's like, hi, what are you doing? <laughs> um, but it's quite common for me to say in a reading that I've had this spirit standing here the entire time, and they're not wanting to communicate. But I don't want to discount who they are. So, yeah. can you validate who they are? And if you can't, that's cool. But if you can, that's cool too. Yeah. But if you can't, I need to work out how to validate them when that client's gone because there's a reason why they're here. But sometimes it can be a nothing. It can just be just because I can see them and yeah. they can see me. So you figure that out, and then you're like, okay, see ya. Yeah. Love and light. Yeah. <laughs> it's very rare that I get the ones that are children that are like literally just passing over. There are a lot of mediums who get the children. Um, I don't. I think it's because I am too soft. Like I would just I would just be an emotional wreck if I had the kids all the time. Well, kids are a bit of a border for you, aren't yeah. they? They're a boundary. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Um, I usually get, I don't get them so much anymore, but I usually get the um, the stubborn ones, the ones who are putting their heels in. Um, and I usually get now the ones who are energy that I've already connected to. So I've had a client previously who um, her grandmother uh, I knew before she passed away and she had been in my client's sessions. She'd sat in with some sessions. She's an amazing grandma um, and the grandfather had passed away a long time ago and I'd never met the granddad. Um, but one night I got woken up to the granddad standing in the bedroom door and he just kept calling my name and I thought it was Matt. And I'm like, what? It was that real and loud. Yeah. I was like, what? And Matt didn't answer. And I'm like, what? I heard it again. I'm like, what? And then I realized that it wasn't Matt, that he was actually snoring next to me. <laughs> and then I looked over at the bedroom door and there was this really tall figure wearing a black hat. Um, it's not creepy. No. Um, and straight away I just knew that whoever it was had better had a good, a good reason to wake me up because they just 
they they're not allowed to like they're just not allowed to in my room anymore they they stand yeah. at the door and it's got to be a fucking good reason yeah <laughs> so I knew that it was going to be something but I didn't really put two and two together I just do what I always do which is just surrender my energy and I feel safe I know that I'm safe and I know it's going to be okay and I know that all they want me to do is just give my energy um, and I just set my intentions and I open up and then there's a few other steps to it, but it's a bit private as well. Like of everyone course, has their enough. own yep. step. And if sure. I was to divulge all of that, I wouldn't want everyone to think that they can just copy it and do it because it's we not the way it works. That's not what it's about. Some, well, you don't it's know. It's just knowing that there's a process there that you do. Yes. Yeah. And each person has their individual process mm. that is special to them. And I can help people do it. I have one client in particular that I'm working with at the moment who I'm teaching. It's called death walking. Um, oh, so you don't even call it crossing over. Well, you call it crossing over, but you're a death walker if you're someone who helps someone cross over. Oh, my God. That sounds so um, Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> death walkers have a bigger job too, though. They they also have a job for the living. They help people understand what it's like to die and oh. they will have experienced death. Usually a death walker is chosen because they've been at, at someone's death and they've transitioned. Been at someone's death or had a near-death experience? No. It's usually that they've experienced someone dying. Wow. Okay. Um. Sorry, go on. I keep interrupting you. That's okay. And so the next morning I woke up and my battery was dead on my phone. And so I put it on charge and jumped in the shower. And when I got out of the shower, you know, when your phone first comes back on after charge and sometimes the names don't register to the numbers and you just see the number before it takes a second to wake up. Yeah. And I got out of the shower and I didn't have my glasses on. I looked down and I saw that there was a number in a text that came through and said, um, I can't even remember what it said, but it said something about, um, can you call me? Um, Nan's been rushed to hospital. Not sure she's going to make it. And I had no idea who it was, but my Nan's gone. So I knew it wasn't my Nan that they were referring to whoever it was. And then I quickly just got dressed and went back to my phone and saw that it was my client, that it's Nan that I was talking about. And then it made sense that it was the grandfather. To me, it was the grandfather that was standing in the door. What did he want though? He wanted me to help her cross over because she 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 didn't die. Okay. She ended up leaving for another week. Oh, wow. Um, she was in, okay. Yeah, she just couldn't go. She didn't want to go. And I knew she didn't want to go. Like we knew that. And and it was a really, really, really tough week. Sounds awful. Yeah. So I spoke to my client a fair bit over that period of time and, you know, she didn't know whether she wanted to go and, and say goodbye or not. Like it, it's a tough gig um, yeah. for, for someone to go through that. Um, but. Um, in the end, I didn't need to help her nan cross over, what, but that's what the grandfather wanted me to help her do. Um, but that was the last time that I've done it, and that was last year. That's intense. Yeah. Um, so, so that's what happens when you die yeah. and when people get stuck. Yeah. It probably, people probably get stuck more than what we know. Um, sounds like it. Yeah. And I think that that, that stuck space, that space that they're stuck in that limbo, I think it's like a dimensional type thing, like a realm type thing. And sometimes people like me can access it and sometimes we can't. And I don't know why. Um, I'm sure it's scientific, but there is a stuck place that's there. I just don't think that it's the way that the movies show us is that it's stuck. It might not necessarily be even stuck. It might just be an essential part for some people to go through, do you think? Very true. 
I think so. Maybe we label it stuck, but maybe it's not actually stuck. Maybe that's just another step for some people. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? That's what I've always thought of limbo as because to me I I refer to that as limbo. Yeah. Not not being baptised or whatever between (laughs) heaven and hell. I just feel like it's um, a space where it's unknown and yep. I don't understand it either. It's just limbo. It's like, I don't know. I can't explain what that space is. Sometimes I can access it and sometimes I can't. Yeah. Um, but that crossing over phase, like it's really important for people to know that when our spirit checks out, like when our heart stops beating, it begins. We are not in pain anymore. Like we immediately are free of pain. And that's usually the biggest question that I get asked. Did they suffer? Did they suffer? Yeah. The only suffering that your loved one had in their death was what you saw. The minute that their heart stops, that suffering stops. Yeah. That physical connection to the body is human. Our pain, our our perception of pain, our understanding of it, our awareness of it is all in our human brain. And our human brain doesn't function when our heart stops. Yeah. We do not register pain, discomfort, we, it's just our conscious awareness that's there. Sure. It's cool. Mm. And what about people that suddenly pass over? Can they get stuck or are they more likely to be propelled to the next, <laughs> next arena? They can get stuck. So uh, one of my mentors once told me a story. She was down at one of our local beaches down at Terrigal and she was on the Esplanade. She was just sitting having lunch and this group of runners that's um, a local group yeah. went running past and one of the guys just had a heart attack and dropped dead right in front of everybody mm, down yeah. at the beach. And she was sitting there eating her lunch. She's like, I'm just sitting there eating my sandwich. And then the next thing I just see this man drop dead, but I saw his spirit keep running. And then he stops and turns around and looked at himself dead. And it was just this, like, this like awareness of kind of like, what the fuck just happened? Wow. And so it can be a kind of like a, a time-space continuum type situation there that, again, it's like a limbo period of time. It's like his consciousness wasn't even aware of his physical being going. Mm. So a lot of it we, we can't know. Like we, we we don't pretend to know either. We can only talk about what we experience. The experience of it, like an out-of-body experience. Yeah, but he was dead. Yeah. Like he wasn't brought back to life and they didn't resuscitate him and then he died. He was dead. Just happened. It just happened and his spirit kept going and it had to catch up for a second. It's just like, whoa, hang on a second. It's like rewind. It's like in the sixth sense he didn't realise he was dead. Yeah. Oops, spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> but it's the same sort of thing. So sometimes is that so sometimes you don't realise you're dead yeah. or and therefore you can't cross over? Yes. So how would they get the realisation? They've got to be told that they're dead by yes. someone like you? Yes. Wow. Have you done that? Have I done that? No. Not that I can remember. Yeah. I've done so much that yeah. for me it's just all it's not outstanding for me. It sounds bad. No, not really. It's, but no, that's fair enough. And plus, your memory sucks sometimes. Yeah, when with, you're with spiritual the, stuff. Yeah, yeah. You I don't, don't remember. retain that. Half the stuff I don't even remember about what we talk about in the podcast. If I'm being honest. Oh. Well, it's, just it's okay because it's recorded. Through. You can always listen to it back. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> just say <so you> no. Know. <laughs> that's so cool. I know. Um. 
but yeah, so then we we let go of that physical pain. Yeah. And depending on how much physical pain you suffered, how much torment, how much your body had had suffered, and how long it had suffered for, can take it that that pain detachment, that physical detachment. It's not that we're suffering in that period of time, but what we are detaching from is our attachment to what that was for our identity. Yeah. So we detach from what, like if we died of cancer and we had it for three years and yep. it was horrendous, that was who we are. And so we, it's not the pain that we're detaching from in our, in our physical detachment. It is the, the identity attached to that pain yep. and what our body was doing and, and, and realizing that that was our, that was our costume for the last three years and and realizing what we did to it to cause it, realizing why it was the way it was, um, and seeing the hows, the whys, the whats, the whos, the whens as to how it ended up that way, and being okay with that, and coming to a a level of acceptance in how our physical body got to where it got. Yeah, and then realizing that that costume now is being discarded. By Brian Meat Suit. And it just goes back to dust. Then you can move on. Then you move on to your emotional detachment, which is where we start to let go of our relationships, where we start to let go of our identity as a mother, as a daughter, as a sister, um, as a best friend. Like it's where we let go of uh, how we can no longer play that role for the human anymore as a human. As a human. As a human. Yep. We have to play that role as a different form. And we get that as a spirit, but the humans don't get that very often because when we die, we just take a different form. That's right. We're still there just in a different form and they get that on the other side, but humans don't. And that's how, that's an emotion that we have to detach from. In sure. being aware that we've evolved beyond. Yeah. And then we go into the mental detachment. So when we've let go of our physical costume, we've let go of the emotional uh, attachment that is our human experience, we then go into the mental that just says, I'm not having Tracy's human experience anymore and I'm now back into a spiritual being and I am all of what I am now. I am my soul what about the life review that I've heard about sometimes? Yeah, so when we've let go what of the physical, that? the emotional and the mental, we get shown our life, like life flashes before your eyes at that point and you see all of the pieces, the how's, the why's, the what's, the who's, the when's and you see it not as Laura or Tracy anymore. You see it as a spiritual being and you recognise where the soul lessons were and you recognise who the soul contracts were with. And where you dodged the contracts, where you learnt the lessons, where you fulfilled contracts, where you didn't. And it's almost like um, puppeteering. It's like you've got all these strings attached to the humans that are still here, which is unfinished business. And then you've got the awareness of the souls that you're with in spirit form and the unfinished business with them too. And you're already looking to create new contracts and 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 new and understand your soul lessons to go into your next lifetime whenever that may be which could take forever 
So it could take forever and sometimes it doesn't take mm-hmm. forever. And I don't know why. It's just it just, just is. It just is. Yeah. Yep. And I'm not even quite sure that maybe our soul has more than one human experience at a time. Ooh. Interesting. Mm, that gets deep. So it's not, not there. It's not impossible. I don't know. I have no idea. Who knows? Okay. Wow. So cool. Mm. That clears that up. I hope so. Somewhat. No, it does. I get it. There's no ego in spirit. So when we cross over, when when your loved one dies or when we die, uh, we're not afraid. Yeah. And that's ego. So we become limitless. And when you're shown your life review, sometimes if we were in our ego, we'd be like, oh, I fucked up there. I feel shame. There's no judgment. Yeah. So you just, it just is what it is. Yeah. Because... Humans judge our errors or yeah. humans judge. Spirit does not judge. It's just there. It's just, it just it is. Yeah. It's just another colour. It's mm-hmm. paint. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Thanks, Tracy. Tracy, what about after we've passed over, we're dead, can we hang out with our loved ones? Not really. So there's an awareness when you go back into your spiritual being, there is an awareness of other, like your loved ones that are there in a spiritual being. Yes. Like you're aware of where everyone is. Yes. You know that they're here or there, earth side or spirit side. But it's not like life goes on over there the way that it was here. So that you know them when you cross over because your energy will come and you'll look like Laura to me when I see you when I'm dying. Yeah. And they transition over so they know that they're there, they're aware of their awareness, but then after that you go into your your healing hotel, your healing chamber where you go through your process, which can take a day and it can take 12 weeks. It can just take whatever amount of time it takes. Yeah. After that, when you then are released and you're your spiritual being, the only time that you really have anything to do with souls that you recognize as the spiritual being is when people are talking about you. Yeah, when they're calling you and anniversaries. Yes. So when we're sitting down and we're talking about grandma and granddad who are both in spirit and Arnie Bev and Uncle Jim, it's a family fucking reunion. (laughs) (laughs) Then they're here. Exactly. Then they're together. Yeah. And they come through together for me. You know, today I had a woman who unfortunately had lost too many people in a very short period of time. And the four people that she had lost all came through straight away and they put themselves in this order. They went, okay, I have two females and a male. The male and the female are holding hands, which tells me that they were married and that when either of them died and when they both died, that they still would have classified themselves as married. The female is standing next to the other female. I feel like they're sisters or sister-in-laws, but I think it would be sisters. The male that's standing on the other side that's coming through, he's not blood related to these people, but he's putting himself in the family, but he's separate. So he would have married into the family and not been a direct child of the family. And he's a generation below. And they do that through where they stand for me. So the further back they are and higher, the older they are in generation. The further toward me and lower, the younger they are in generation. And so... Once that's established, then 
to her that makes sense because they're all her loved ones together. But that's the only time that they're together. When we stop that session, they're only going to be together now when she thinks about them that way. Wow. Okay. Sure. And talks about them that way. What about when people say, oh, I just smelt my grandmother's perfume or I just heard their favourite song and then I thought of them. Is that a way that, they, that they're giving us it is. comfort? Mm-hmm. So they can be there in moments providing guidance and love. Absolutely. If they choose to or yes. why do they do that? Is it at point? They're always times? doing it. Okay. They're always doing it. You're just missing it most of the time. But then you're saying they're not hanging out with us, but then they're always sending us. But if you're thinking and feeling about them yes. is what I'm saying. So okay. if you're thinking about them mm-hmm. and feeling about them and talking to them, then they are always doing something to get your attention at that period of time. They're there. You're just not open to what they're doing okay, or naive to it. Probably afraid of it is more likely. Because if your mother just... Um, miraculously appeared in front of you, you would probably shit your pants. I definitely would. (laughs) If something just like went flying across the room, you would probably shit your pants. Yeah. And they know know that? Probably. Yeah. But they also can't do that. Like they, that takes a whole ton of energy to be able to do that. You would know things were happening before something like that happened. What can they do? They can make music play. They can make televisions go on and off. They can turn kettles on and off. They can make the water, uh, the toilet water system break or fill up slow. They can cause drooping taps. They can blow candles out. They can make smells appear uh, that shouldn't be there. Um, They can um, move objects so they can move them slightly like picture frames. Um, Usually what they'll move is an object that is related to them so they'll move Mm. a picture of them or a picture of someone that would make you think about them um they can move like manipulate things like jewelry and um pieces of paper and um they can definitely muck around with things like that um they can open and close doors not well they can't like turn knobs but like if a door can just be pushed open they can do that and they can push it close um they can make i've seen fans spin that shouldn't be spinning just in a still room yep um and it's being completely like you can't be debunked um they can do cold spaces in rooms and warm spaces in rooms. The cold spaces is usually good. Warm spaces, not so much. Um, so if you move into a certain part of the room and it's cold and there's no freaking reason why, that's usually spirit. That's where they are? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, I would gravitate towards the warm and the cold, but you're mm. saying that's not fantastic. No. <laughs> um, Excellent. They can be heard, like you heard the voices the other night. I did. More on that soon. Mm-hmm. Um, what else can they do? Um, knocking. Yeah, they can knock. Knocking's fun. Um, What's not they fun? They can whistle. Huh? So they're all What's the friendly fun? ways. They're, they're all the, hi, I'm here. I love you. Is there anything that's not fun? Being touched? Yes. That's not fun. Yeah. Um, hearing growls, that's not fun. 
why would that like, happen? Do you remember the other night when I heard that growl and I'm like, what the fuck was that? And it was yeah. the dog. And I'm like, thank God. Oh, God thank, like yes. I was so relieved yes. that I've never been more relieved that it was a real dog. Um, That's different though. That's not a loved one in spirit. No. Gotcha. Growls are not good. Um, depending on how many knocks, <laughs> um, I'm not going to freak. Well, most people would probably be able to Google it anyway, so I may as well just say it. But if you hear three knocks, that's not good. But if I clap three times, like you taught me No, to but that's do. an energetic vibration. That's different. If you okay. hear this, that's not good. Why? Um, because they know that it's not good. So that's an intentional mm-hmm. not good move. Yeah. Um, they... You did just freak me out, just so you know. <laughs> oh, and they can make lights flash. I forgot to say that. Um... I'm going to say that. Are you done? Can I share my ghost story now? Sure. Are you ready? <laughs> you I think I'm ready. <laughs> okay, listeners, uh, the next episode we have is a very special episode. It is when Tracy took me to a client's house at Mangrove Mountain that is steeped in history and it's extensively going under some renovations at the moment and it's always been a bit of a hub of activity. So Tracy was contacted by some lovely people wanting her to go round and do a read on the place and see what's what's up there. So Tracy decided to take Skeddy Pants Me along for the ride and it was really cool. It was me following her around, her around videoing things and recording some sounds that we might share a bit later on. But what intrigued me and absolutely made my night actually happened on the way home from this. We were hungry and Trace had lovingly made some dinner that we were going to eat. And where we were was out in the sticks, so there was no lights on the side of the road. In the middle of fucking nowhere. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm sure it would be beautiful in the day, but at night it's, it is spooky. So anyway, we drove until there was some streetlights and we stopped and we got the food out and Tracy said something along the lines of, I'm not going to eat. I'll probably have two mouthfuls and that'll be that because I just can't eat because that's sort of what happens. You don't really feel hunger or anything much, do you? So we turned the little spotlights on ourselves to see what we're doing and mine stays on but Tracy's goes out as soon as she said, I'm not going to eat, blah, blah, blah. But then she did eat. Oh, and then you pulled down the sun visor because you've got a fancy car. You pull down the sun visor, you slide the little guard across and a light turns on. So you sort of roll your eyes when the first light went out going, oh, that's so annoying. And I'm laughing. So you pull down the sun visor and then that light went on for a second and then that light turned off too and that made me laugh so shits. yeah and then you're like it's so annoying I'm like that is so cool and hilarious she and got a taste of what it's like to be me it was so funny but then as soon as you finished eating because then you did actually eat I did eat and and it was yummy it was good thank you and then your light turned back on again. And my light turned back on. As <laughs> soon as like... I put my lid on, the lights just came back on. It's just like, oh, for fuck's sake. It was your reward for being a good girl. <sighs> and that was hilarious too. And then also while we were eating, it was my turn to flap my gums and I was telling Tracy um, some experiences that my husband's family had when his grandmother um, passed away and how there was some 
play with lights going on and off and flickering of lights and we were still just sat there and I'd just finished telling Tracy that story and the wipers just, just randomly on. turned on. We weren't touching anything. We were it wasn't raining. There. It was nothing. It was nothing and then the wipers started going. And then you wet your pants. Yeah, but with glee. I wasn't scared. It just made my night. It was just so cool. So she's happy, guys. She's happy that she got a fright, but it wasn't a fright. It was, it was a funny, a it was, yeah, it, it, it tickled her. It really did. It really did. It's like, welcome to my world. It and this kind of stuff has been happening to me for as long as I can remember. And you finally. You how cool it is. Yeah, because it's not cool. It's actually just annoying. It's just like, oh, guys, I need to see what I'm eating. I'm blind at the best of times. <laughs> and they're funny. They've got that sense of humor. Yeah. And you got to experience that because you've asked me before, do they have a sense of humor? And yeah, they do. Yeah. That's my guides. But I also feel like it was probably just the spirits that were around us that night because there were plenty <laughs> that, was so funny. that wanted to play. I felt nothing. <laughs> I felt nothing. <laughs> you felt plenty. And you'll hear about it, guys, in the next episode. Yeah. So um, we've decided that we're going to do some specials. We're yes. going to do some bonus episodes. So tell them about them. Yes. Well, we have had um, – we've received loads of wonderful, very interesting ghost stories that we would like to share with you. So we are going to do a couple of extra episodes and release them maybe on the weekend, but in addition to our normal episodes just to get through them, just to share them. There's some with some photos that we're going to share on Instagram as well. Thanks, Hannah. Yeah. <laughs> and um, there's also a really good friend that has had some really interesting spiritual experiences that will be a whole episode in its own as well. So that's some stuff to look forward to. But the first one is going to be uh, our paranormal investigation of the house at Mangrove Mountain. Yes. And there are some really cool findings. We even caught some audio. We've got a spirit on audio that I cannot wait to share because it is so cool and it gave us all goosebumps and chills because it's we we cannot debunk it. Um, and then there were some really cool validations that Laura and I were able to find after we got home and did some mad researching and Googling yeah. and crawling the internet, the deepest, darkest 1800s and 1700s and yeah birth death records and names and yeah and and we both like doing that and it's fun but um the, the wonderful people who asked me out to go there have given us permission to share photos audio and the story so we feel that rather than fill it in for the last 10 minutes of this episode that we're going to give it its own episode maybe even a couple of episodes we'll see how that goes but we'll see how much Tracy talks <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, had to just put that in there. <laughs> but you know what? When she sh like she just doesn't shut up. When she starts talking, she does not shut up. So <laughs> I have to keep her like in check. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the the first special is going to be on Mangrove Mountain, and we hope everyone really enjoys it. Absolutely, I did. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah. But right. it's it's got a lot. There were lots of spirits there. It was busy. Those people really did like to party with everyone dead and alive. Yeah. <laughs> it's very cool. Anyway, thanks for tuning in. Any yeah. more questions? What are yes. the deets? Gmail is tospsychic at gmail.com. It's in the show notes. And Instagram, you can message us directly on there. 
Facebook page. We now have a Facebook page, Laura. Yay. Yay. And there's new photos of yeah. us on there, of our mugs. Yeah. So now you can put some faces to the names and the voices, I guess. Yeah. And that's it. Thanks for listening. Ciao.